You are now listening to the ACMS podcast. Welcome back to the ACMS podcast. I'm Benji Bigler, and we are excited to reconnect with BYU Idaho alumni Jeremy Becerra. Jeremy graduated in 2007. While attending BYU-Idaho, he participated in the ACS Design Build Competition and also served as the ACMS president. Jeremy's first and second internships were both with Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, a national ignition facility known for the world's largest laser. From 2007 to 2009, Jeremy then hired on full-time with Layton Construction in Colorado, working on the Four Seasons Hotel. He then went back to the National Laboratory until 2013, when he then hired on with Hensel Phelps. Jeremy continues to work with Hensel Phelps, having worked as a project superintendent. Jeremy, we're excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, right, it's great to be here, Benji. Appreciate the, the opportunity to, to talk to you. Starting off, is there anything you'd like to add? No, I don't think so. I mean, when I was at the Lawrence Livermore Lab, I worked on quite a few small projects as a construction manager and ranging from small little tenant improvement projects to major fit outs of interior spaces and big breadth of different types of projects ranging from radiological decontamination work to building of clean rooms and while placing concrete inside a class 100 clean room and uh, just a lot of great Pretty fun experiences, kind of like on a smaller scale, that really helped me prepare myself for you know the future uh, at Hensel Phelps as well. I'm looking forward to talking more about it because it seems like doing your internships there, you keep going back there for other jobs. So I'd like to talk about that more. But first, with ACMS and working in your time in school, can you give your thoughts, having been the president? What are your thoughts on ACMS and the competition teams? How did that go? You know, when I first joined the CM program, right off when I was graduating high school, I went up. Went, to, went up to Ricks College, actually, at the time. Uh, it was actually the first semester of BYU-Idaho uh, is when I started going to school there. And I'd enrolled in the carpentry and building construction department, and they didn't have the CM department when I started going to school there. And so then I went for a semester and received my mission call, went to Venezuela, spent a couple years in Venezuela, and then came back, and the CM degree was then offered, and they got rid of the carpentry and building construction program. So I said, well, CM sounds great. I knew I wanted to be in construction, so I joined the CM department. So then I uh, you know, got involved in a lot of the different activities. And that time, the program was very, very heavily focused on on residential construction. I remember going to career fairs and all the recruiters there were all from like Syntex and Lennar and, and Pulte and all these, you know, major home builders. And I already knew right from the beginning, I never wanted to go into residential construction. Industrial actually is really what I wanted to look at. And, and, and I was a little disappointed for a while there, but what ended up happening is that I met my wife after I came home from my mission and she was from Livermore and her dad was an employee at the Lawrence Livermore lab. And he just happened to ask the questions, Hey, I got a son-in-law who needs an internship and does anybody need a construction manager? And apparently the lab has a whole department of construction managers. And, and so that's kind of how I got my foot into the door there. And really it was an awesome experience to, as an intern, to work on this world-class facility. And, and it wasn't glorious at all. I mean, I was, you know, this young college kid walking around this massive clean room and all I was doing was counting holes in production for some steel erectors. But it taught me a lot, right? It taught me you know, how, how to track man hours, how to track production, and kind of those nitty-gritty little things that some people just don't really understand They're right when they graduate school. So, you know, working at the lab was a pretty big opportunity. 
but then when I came back after my first internship, I was like the first year that Brother Reed Nielsen, which I think he's retired now, but it was his first class at the school. So I, I got to take his first uh, construction management class with him. He kind of really instilled that fire in me from the commercial industrial standpoint. And it kind of took it off from there. And at that time, the ACMS program was massive. Yeah, there were about 300 members of the ACMS program at that time. I don't know what it's currently is right now, um, but there are a lot of a lot of people in there. And, and I wanted to make sure that I was involved in any type of extracurricular activities that I could. I wanted a job. So I wanted to make sure that I had, uh, you know, my resume out there, my name out there. And being the president, you know, came with a lot of responsibilities and a lot of extra effort. But, you know, the opportunities that presented for me personally and for our program was we were able to bring in a lot of additional uh, companies that wouldn't normally come out and recruit to BYU Idaho, and we were able to get them to start coming more, meeting with the industry, the advisory board, and and trying to you know promote the CM program more than just that residential side of things. It's probably the biggest task as the president of the ACMS, and just really trying to promote that kind of big group camaraderie amongst the ACMS group. It was a lot of fun though. And we had a really good group of people we worked with. Luis Weger was one of the members of the ACMS presidency at the same time I was, and we worked quite a bit together. So, Well, I think you did a good job. From the last number that I heard, I want to say that the department's pushing around 900 students now or so. so it's grown and tripled. So, oh, wow. <laughs> and I'd have to check that to make sure that's right. But if it is, it's cool to see from when you were basically at the very beginning at the start and seeing where it's been able to get now and with companies coming and now they're doing the golf tournament, they're doing these dinners, they're having companies that aren't just residential, but pretty diverse showing up. And that's exciting to see the growth that took place. And then also with the competition team, uh, how did that go for you and what experience did that open up? Well, I mean, that was just a pretty eye-opening experience. That was like our my first time ever really getting that full experience from bidding on a project. And I remember McCarthy was the problem host, uh, that the host of the problem. And our little team, we had to go through and actually for the design bill, we put together conceptual models, an estimate, schedule, presentation, all within the that same same evening and and it was it was a lot of work but it was a lot of fun and what i see now at being you know actually out in the industry we go through that same process and we maybe have a little more time to get our proposals together and get our you know schedules together and and have a little more preparation but even in the within the interviews when you're going to interview for a project you're there you're presenting it's anything that that everything that's in that acs um, asc competition um, is 100% applicable to almost every day in what we do uh, in trying to procure projects as well as just managing a project. A lot of great lessons learned, RFIs, submittals, the whole, the whole deal is right there. And it's a really great opportunity to, you know, kind of weed out those that, that want to do it and those that don't want to do it. So moving forward with your internships, so you got that job with the laboratory and going through that experience. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more of what was that work like? It's not a traditional, I guess, idea of that a student would expect to get into. So what was that experience like? Yeah, it was a really, really eye-opening experience. Uh, I felt really blessed and fortunate that I had a, uh, a mentor, my, my manager, who's actually a former Bechtel uh, Jacobs employee who was working uh, for the laboratory. And the guy was, you know, he's close to retiring, but the guy knew how to get work done and just a great mentor. And he really took me under his wing 
and taught me a lot. It gave me lots of opportunities to stretch myself and put together estimates and cost analysis. And we had this, uh, I was managing this fireproofing contractor inside the large target bay where all the lasers would shoot in to, to that little BB that I was telling about earlier. And they were using this intumescent paint and it was very unproductive. So they were going very slowly and they're working from, from scissor lifts and ladders to try and paint this. And, and I kind of brought up the idea of, Hey, what if we, why don't we just scaffold that whole area? So they have one platform to work on throughout the entire target bay. And instead of my manager saying, Oh yeah, it's a good idea. Let's go do it. He said, well, why don't you go back? Look, find out how much the scaffold costs, how much faster can this contractor uh, complete their work because uh, it was a TNM contract. So the sooner they, the less time they spend on it, the less money uh, it would be and do a cost comparison. Well, it's going to take cost us about three grand to go build the scaffolding and we'll be able to finish a week earlier. We just saved five or $6,000 overall uh, for, you know, for that specific scope of work. So looking at, at your mentors from, but when you're on your internships, it's a great opportunity to really learn and understand, you know, what the real method is or what the root of, of why we do things a certain way. And that's what, what I really kind of learned a lot on, on, on while on my internships, as well as just the understanding that, gosh, there's a lot of paperwork involved in construction. You, you, gotta, you, ha- you have to document, you have to write those RFIs, you have to have those submittals in, and that's just reality. And so if you don't like that, Maybe, maybe you're not in the right right career because you're going to have paperwork no matter what. But yeah, just being an intern at, at that facility just really opened the door for me for lots of other opportunities, uh, not necessarily at the Lawrence Livermore Lab, but um, even, you know, going to Layton after graduating. Uh, that that lab, that, those internships really set a great base for me. I mean, I enjoyed it so much and they enjoyed it too. They asked me to come back for a second internship and got to do a lot of newer stuff and more challenging stuff while I was there. That's awesome. Transitioning to Layton, did you find that there was a big change or did most of that stuff just transfer right over and, and you just kind of picked up working on the Four Seasons Hotel in a similar process? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's obviously each company is a little different. So you have to you have to spend a little time to understand their processes and procedures, but the overall base is all the same. You know, an RFI is an RFI. Submittal is a submittal. A schedule is, is a schedule, whether it's a Excel short interval production schedule, or if it's a massive CPM schedule, and overall the logic is the same, the concepts are the same. Uh, it's just understanding how each company would um, do their processes and procedures. So from a from a transition point, from an internship into working full time for a, you know a large large company like a large good company like Layton is, there were obviously some you know learning curves. I had never reviewed a reinforcing shop drawing before. So I, I, you know, I show up my first day and my manager comes in and says, Hey, I want you to review this submittal. And I'm like, I don't even know how to read this thing. And so, but being willing to to say, Hey, I need help is super important. Like if you're going to spin your wheels, trying to figure it out on your own, you're going to fail. So knowing that point when you're assigned a task to know when, Hey, to ask for help, being humble enough to recognize that, Hey, I don't know everything I'm here to learn is super critical and it goes a long way with me as a manager how that i manage a lot of people it's it, it means a lot to me if an employee comes over and said hey i tried to figure this out but i can't figure it out can you help me and i'm more than willing to just spend a few minutes i may not tell them the answer i may know the answer right off the bat but i'm not going to tell them that i want them to learn at the same time so but pointing them in that right direction so spend a few minutes and, and review a, a column schedule to look at the reinforcing look at what stirrups and 
and hairpins go in what's a location is all part of that process. And that hands-on learning is really the key of the catalyst to really getting a good understanding of basic construction. I'm really glad you said that one of the four cornerstones is growing in our knowledge continually. And I, I think that's a perfect example of, of that yeah. experience of continuing to grow or having mentors that teach you rather than just give answers, but provide those opportunities. Yeah. When you switched over to Hensel Phelps, so from Leighton to Hensel Phelps, with them, you, you worked on airports. You were telling me that you worked in, was it a courthouse? Yeah. So actually, before I went from Leighton, I went, I actually worked back at the laboratory as a construction manager, but that was kind of outside of the, the laser facility. And that's where I was working in clean rooms and radiological decontamination work and, you know, lots of different things like that. And, you know, there's, there's a big difference working within, you know, the private general contractor and working with the government. And it may not surprise you, but our government's really inefficient and ineffective. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a patient person, but I also like to be efficient and I like to get work done. And, you know, I worked at the lab for about five years and, and worked really hard and was enjoying it. I mean, shoot, I live in Livermore. The lab is literally a mile away from my house. You know, I had kind of the best setup ever. I, I could, I could walk to work if I, if I wanted to um, every single day. And I was able to wake up in the mornings, go for a 15 mile bike ride, come back in and be into work by seven without a problem. Right. It was it's a great setup, but came to a point in my career that I noticed, you know, I've been working at this place for so long and I don't feel like I'm going to be able to get the experience. I feel like I'm missing out on my full construction experience. And so I was looking at what I was doing and I was doing a lot of fun, interesting projects, but I, I hadn't built the building since I'd worked with it with, with Layton. And I really enjoy seeing, you know, something starting in the ground and working it's all the way up, however many stories it is and being able to make decisions right then and there and not have to go get five signatures on a piece of paper to go spend $20 on a, you know, on a cell phone case, you know, just things like that, that, you know, the government's there because they need to be regulated and they need to, you know, make sure that, because they're using our tax dollars, right? They're, that's my tax dollars, that's your tax dollars going to work. And so they have to be very regulated about that. And I kind of had enough of it. So I, I do want to tell you a story of like how I came to work for Hensel Phelps. And it actually kind of starts even before, even before I started working at the laboratory, I actually, at the ASC competition, if you had the opportunity, you know, I highly recommend going to the ASC competition because there's just so much there, but they have a career fair there. And so each of the companies go through and they, they set up booths and things like that. And I actually walked into the Hensel Phelps booth, met with a few people, recognized them. I actually, I, let me show you something real quick. Every person that I met while I was either as an intern uh, working with Hensel Phelps, I've saved every single one of their business cards. Maybe it's a little weird. I don't know, but I did. So I went through, you know, I met these two people right here, the Steve Kimball from Hensel Phelps and, the, and Todd Temple at that, at that ASC competition. So, you know, I saved their, I saved their business card. So we'll fast forward 10 years or 11 years, whatever it is, about three or four guys from my ward here in Livermore, we were out on a bike ride and they invited uh, someone else from another ward. Uh, the, in Livermore, and he had a Hensel Phelps cycling jersey on. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Do you work for Hensel Phelps? Like, yeah, I work for Hensel Phelps. And at that time, I, my wife and I were, I was talking to her about it, saying, hey, I think I need, we need, I need to go get something else out. There's something else out there that I'm missing, and I really feel like I'm going to get stuck here at the laboratory. And so I was riding with him, and I said, hey, well, are you guys hiring? He said, well, yeah, matter of fact, we are. So, so I was on a bike ride with, you know, one of, uh, with the Hensel Phelps employee 
Um, the next week I sent in my resume and then about three months later is when I, when I decided to leave the laboratory and I left the laboratory, not for financial reasons. Um, it was really because it was an opportunity for me to increase my uh, knowledge of construction, and get back to just really building buildings. That's kind of how the whole laboratory thing came about is that I just, or the Hensel Phelps thing came about. I was on a bike ride, knew the company back from the ASC competition days way back when. Um, and you know, I interviewed with them and they offered me a job and, and that's, it's been kind of since then. So, yeah. So since leaving the lab, uh, working at Hensel Phelps, um, I immediately went to the San Francisco international airport and I worked on a, a $300 million boarding area expansion of terminal three. Uh, I was on that project only for about, about a year. And then I came back towards Dublin. We won a courthouse job. So I was on that project for only about eight months, but I worked on that project, starting that up, uh, getting us out of the ground. And then um, we won a very large uh, billion dollar project at the airport. And they asked me to go back to help start that one up. And so I was actually on that project for almost six years. Uh, working at the San Francisco International Airport. It's probably one of their largest terminal expansions that they've done. So they're actually still going right now. Um, it still has another year and a half left before final completion. So I was at that on that project. And then, you know, just kind of focusing on how small those, that relationship that you build in construction, the, the relationship that you build with your trade partners and with your coworkers or supervisors, that's always going to be there. A great example is, is how, you know, how did I come back here working for Hensel Fellows, but working at the laboratory. My wife and I were out running on a Saturday morning, and I ended up running right by my old supervisor at the laboratory. Stopped to say hi, and he said, well, you want to come back and work for me? And I said, absolutely not. I'm happy where I'm at. And then he said, well, what about Hensel Phelps? I have some projects that are coming up. Uh, we've got a lot of funding coming in, and would you think you guys would be interested in it? And so I said, that doesn't hurt to ask. And so he sent me the information and I gave that information on to the guy that was on my bike ride with. I gave that information to him. And then six months later, uh, we won a contract out here to build two buildings. And, and now I'm two years out here. We've built a third one and we're doing the fit out in a couple of these other laboratory buildings. It's been an interesting uh, journey for me going, you know, things just kind of go full circle. Uh, you really, the construction industry really is a small world and you never really know what, who you're going to meet. When I was an intern, I had a millwright contract uh, managing some steel grading uh, installation that I worked with. And that same foreman, when I left the laboratory, came to work at the, at the airport, he walked by my job site because he had a contract with Hensel Phelps to go build some baggage handling systems at the airport. Then we win this contract over here at the laboratory and we hired that company that he works for. And who walks into the door? The exact same foreman that I had worked at, worked with since I was an intern back in 2006. So it really is a small world. And, you know, maintaining those relationships is extremely important because uh, it goes a long way when you're dealing with difficult contractors and dealing with, you know, different personalities, because we all have different personalities. That's what ultimately will allow you to succeed is having a good relationship with your trade partners, with your owners, and maintaining that relationship. All the knowledge, experience, anything like that, that construction knowledge, that just comes with time. You'll all get there. Everyone will get there at some point. Uh, it's just, you know, that relationship is super critical.
sounds like you had a very good experience with meeting good mentors, good coworkers and, and connections. That's awesome to hear and yeah. know that it, it works and it, it really does help in the future. When you started off, you said that you wanted to go into carpentry. It was kind of your focus. And now, I mean, you've worked in government work, you're doing a lot of industrial uh, stuff. Did you ever have a plan to start up as a subcontractor for your own personal business? No, I never really had that desire. You know, there's always been kind of thoughts like, oh, shoot, I could, I could go run my own business. But the reality is there's, <laughs> there's a lot to go to. I have a lot of respect for, you know, those, uh, those like my old co-students and stuff that, that started their own businesses and, and the effort that they put into that. Um, you know, it, it's something that I never really desired to do because I, I kind of like that little bit of security. I'm okay taking risks, but up to a point. And, you know, running your own business, it's a pretty big risk. And the kind of the reality is, too, is that I look at working with Hensel Phelps right now as my own company. Um, we're an employee-owned company. We're a very large employee-owned company. So some of the decisions I make hopefully don't make much of an impact on the bottom line if it's a bad decision. Um, but, you know, each little bit of fee that we earn on a project goes in back into my pocket. And, and so in that way, you know, I do feel like we are an employee owned company and, and I do get a little sense of ownership with that. Well, Jeremy, as we're reaching towards the end, we always like to go over the four cornerstones and our four cornerstones of BYU design construction managers are to build others through Christ-like service, lead with integrity, design, construct, and connect with our communities and grow in our knowledge continually. And we touched on this a little bit, but I'd love for you to share a little bit more of the importance you see in growing in our knowledge continually and taking that advantage of our education not ending when we leave school. So, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit too, that um, for what I have seen, right, for the most part, when, when uh, we, get, we get a new hire out of college, they come out confident, they're, they're ready to go build. And sometimes the quickest way to help them realize that they don't know anything is to, you know, just kind of put them through the ringer a little bit, allow them to kind of realize like, hey, no, I do have a lot to learn. And on the reverse side, if we hire an employee that comes out humble, willing to learn, and to grow, we are able to really take them under our, our wing and allow them to learn at a pace that they're ready to learn at. And they're more like a sponge. They're able to really absorb a lot of that knowledge that we have learned from, you know, 14, 15 years within the industry. You know, I always envied like my mentors, especially my mentor in my internship. Right? Like, so how does he do that? Like, how, how can he just spout that stuff off off the top of his head how can you sit here and negotiate with a trade partner and, you know, make them think that they came up with the answer when the reality is, is that he's the one that had the answer the whole time. You know, those are skill sets that you acquire over time. And, and that's what he, you know, that's what the, one of the biggest things he said is, look, you, you will gain the knowledge of construction as you continue to build and to grow in your career. The, the things that you have this desire to learn right now, you need to just be patient and you will get to it. You'll get that understanding. So working hard on that continuous improvement and knowledge is a big part of being successful in your career. No one ever knows everything. You know, I work a lot with some of the upper management now and within our other project superintendent groups and our general superintendent. And there are times when our general superintendent will call me on schedule questions and how to, you know, how to run a different logic pass through power project and other, you know, and P6 and stuff. And, you know, some people would think like, wait, you're a general superintendent and you don't know how to do that. It's like, no, maybe they just didn't touch that part in their career yet. 
but we're all learning and we all need to continue to learn. And I think that humility part of that cornerstone and the, and the, with the integrity and then also the, you know, that continuous learning part, they, they go hand in hand, humility, integrity, and continuously learning to go hand in hand when you're trying to grow and you're trying to progress and you're trying to, you know, be the best person that you can be and through uh, just as Christ is. So. Thank you very much, Jeremy. We love hearing your thoughts and, I think that was a great advice, great counsel, and we really appreciate the time you've taken to come and talk with me and share some of these thoughts for future students to be able to hear. Really appreciate it. No, I appreciate the opportunity, Benji. Thank you for listening to the ACMS Podcast.